Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. We're going to read a scripture and then we're going to stop and, and, and pray. Do you know the early church, the New Testament church, we read about what they did in the book of Acts. Um, so we see Jesus come along, he trains up his disciples, Jesus dies, rises again, gives his disciples some instruction and then he's out of here and that's when we start reading um, you know, chapter one of the book of Acts and Jesus is actually in chapter one. And you know, it only takes 14 verses before we find this verse and it says, they all joined together constantly in prayer. It only takes 14 verses before we start reading that God's people prayed. They prayed, 14 verses. And then we actually go on to read about prayer and it's mentioned another 32 times in the book of Acts alone, in a book that's only got 28 chapters, it's mentioned another 32 times that these people prayed. That's how much it was a part of the New Testament church. Have a look at what it says. It says, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Mary was praying to Jesus. Mary was on her knees praying to her son who was not really her son, but sort of was, but he's the God of the universe. That's why we pray to Jesus and that's why we don't pray to Mary because if she was praying to Jesus, I'm gonna do what she did and pray to the Saviour of the world as well. Amen? So let's go there, first of all. So come on, bow your heads with me because we're gonna learn a little bit more about this thing called prayer. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Lord God, Lord, I want desperately for you to impart this into our souls. Lord, starting with me all the way through these rows down to the sound guy. God, we wanna receive this revelation in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Why did they pray so much? And why do we need to be prayerful? It's very simple because what you're trying to do is impossible. If what you're trying to do with your life and the vision that God has given you, if it's just something that you can achieve all by yourself, it's not from God. Because God wants us to live supernaturally. He demands that we live supernatural. Actually, Jesus put it this way. Without me, you can do. Well, most of us will say, well, that's not true. No, what I would say to you is what he's actually asking you to do, you're actually probably not doing if you think you can do it all. Without me, you can do nothing. I believe those words. What he's trying to say is what I've ultimately called you to should be impossible. And and, and I think it actually is when we know what it is God's trying to help us. You know, starting a business is not impossible. You can do that with or without God. But for it to become a kingdom business, where the attitude and the culture is for the kingdom. Yeah, I think that's almost impossible because people are generally selfish. And so you do need God of the impossible to be involved in that. And this is the way Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 puts it, a very familiar verse to a lot of us. It says, now all the glory to God, amen, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God's power is able to achieve more 
than we can ask or think. It's His power. And that word, which many of us would know because we've heard it preached so many times, but I'm gonna bring us back to it. It's the word dunamis. And this is what it means. It's a Greek word, dunamis, and it means strength. Just yell out amen if you want any of these things, by the way, in your life. Bit of strength, ability, power to perform miracles, moral excellence, the power to influence. Anyone want a little bit of that in your life? Well, that's what God is saying He's happy to give us in order to get the job done. Listen, the word dunamis is the root word for where, from which we get the word dynamite. Dunamis, dynamite, that's what we use. What the Bible is telling us is God's power is like dynamite. It's like dynamite. It's like dynamite. It's like, this is something my mum gave me when I was seven years old, just to remind me of my heritage. Now, don't be nervous. They're only half filled with dynamite today, okay? So it doesn't have the full potential. Uh, some of you would know that dynamite is very powerful. You've seen YouTube videos about it. Many of us probably haven't actually seen it in action but you would know that this has the power, this has the power to tear down buildings. It has the power to tear down structures. It has the power to tear down strongholds. It has the power to change a landscape. It has the power to move things that humans find impossible. Do you know how long it would take you to move a rock, a cliff edge made out of rock? Do you know how long it would take you to, but you know what? This thing does it in seconds. It's very, very powerful, just like God's power. I don't know about you, I still believe God's very powerful. Yes. I still believe that he can do things. Do you know, you know when we say a leopard doesn't change its spots? I believe that humanly. But do you know, I believe in Jesus. People can change. Marriages can be different. God can still heal people. I still believe in the dynamite power of God for miracles, signs and wonders to change our character, things that have been in your life forever. I believe the dynamite power of God can change it. I believe dynamite can change your children's behaviour. I believe it can change things that are happening at work. I believe it can change anything that you would think is impossible. Listen, I'm, I'm happy to agree with you, but I believe God's power can change it. God's power can change your church. God's power can change mindsets. It can change things that you've grown up with that your parents told you would always be in your life, I believe God's dynamite power can do that. But how many of you know that if this literally was dynamite, literally if this honestly was filled, jam-packed, full of TNT, you know, to be quite honest, you shouldn't fear it right now because although it's powerful, you know, it's not able to be activated and some of us would know why. Because for this thing to be activated, it actually needs a fuse. You know, you could throw this around all day. Some of you are actually nervous. There is nothing in this, okay? Some of you are like... <laughs> you know, seriously, if this was actual dynamite, you could throw it onto the floor and nothing would happen because it needs to be activated. And once it has a fuse, this thing starts to become very, very dangerous. Used in the right way, it's awesome. Used in a bad way, it's terrible. It can kill people. So what's the fuse? Guys, I know God's very powerful, but did you know without your prayer? Do you know it's prayer that accesses the power of God? It's prayer, prayer, prayer accesses the power of God. 
God is powerful. We know He's powerful. So why are things still such a disaster? In so many, because, because we haven't used the fuse of prayer. That's what it is. It's prayer. That's why the book of Acts, that's why those disciples prayed because they were acting as a fuse to connect to God's power. That's why you've heard me say, listen, that's why you've heard me say, prayer is not powerful. God is powerful. But without prayer, we can't access the power. Amen. Prayer isn't powerful. Listen, that's not powerful. I pray a lot. Yeah, I know, but is it accessing the power of God? Like, are you expecting your prayers to change things or are you expecting your prayers to connect you to a God who changes things? Amen. Whoa! I love that. That changed my prayer life. when I Because I used to spend a lot of time in prayer. But you know, I was actually just praying to myself. I was just sort of, it was just like wishful thinking. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I'm just, it's like I was meditating or something, but I wasn't praying. What I was doing was I was praying, but not connecting to the God of power. Prayer simply is you saying, God, I need this. I need this in different areas. It's the fuse. Amen? This is what it says in James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Woohoo! Thank you, Lord. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Wow, that's interesting. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. The prayer, are there any righteous people in this room? If you're washed by the blood of Jesus, your hand should go up about now. Because righteousness is not about how good you are, it's about how good He is. And you are a righteous person. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray in my name. Because what you're saying is, Lord, I've got no right to ask anything. But because of Jesus in my life, because you've washed me clean, when I pray in that name, you are a righteous person. The Bible is saying that your prayers, the prayers of a righteous person is powerful and it is effective. The prayers of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. God is powerful and effective all by himself, but he needs our prayers. Let me tell you where I'm going with this message. I want you to be a prayer. Not just so that you can go hide away in a room somewhere and become a hermit or a monk or something and think that you're being spiritual. I want you to be a prayer so that we can have the church that we dream of. You can have the marriage that you're dreaming of. You can have the children that you're dreaming of. We can have the conference that we're dreaming of. I want us to be people of prayer so that we can get the job done for God. I want us to pray. It's not, it's not something that's reserved for some super spiritual people over there or the intercessory team. It's only for them. No, it's not. They've got the gift of intercessory on their prayer and intercession, but you've got to be a prayer too. We've all got to, if you've got children, you better know how to pray. And all the parents said. Now, listen, Samuel Chadwick, he, he said something that changed my life and it's the absolute truth. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from our prayerless life groups and studies, prayerless work and prayerless religion and church services. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. When we pray, he's so afraid. He is so afraid. I want this to get into your spirit. Guys, I am convinced, and I'm sure you are too, God wants your words to have impact. That when you speak, people are absolutely demolished. Anything that is not from God is demolished. How does that happen? Pray before you speak. 
I want us to have life groups that when people leave, they are deeply, deeply moved. How do you, how do you get that easy before people get there? Sorry, darling, but you've just been blown away by the power of God. Amen. That's how we're supposed to be living life. So you're a teacher and you're walking into class. You really want these kids to get it because you can see that they're a bit messed up. Well, you know what? Before you walk into that room, before you walk in, okay, I would have died then, but that's okay. You get the point. Man, lucky. <laughs> Conference, friends, family, wherever you are from all over the world, don't do a thing without him. That's what never without you is all about. That's what never without you is all about. That you're going to be the sort of person before you go into, before you try and use your gifts, friends, it's the power of God that makes your gifts powerful. When you, listen, if you're going to give advice to your children and it's a really tough conversation, before you walk into that room, yeah. Because how many of us have had conversations with our kids, but you feel like it's going in one ear or out the other? Let me tell you why that's happening. Because you're doing it all on your own. You're doing it all on your own. You're supposed to be using the power of God. Amen. Give the Lord a huge round of applause if you know what I'm saying. Now listen, I've already, I've, I've already alluded to it, but okay, so we've got our dynamite. That's powerful. We've got our prayer life, which is the fuse. We know that we can't access that without that. But how many of you know, if this, again, if this literally was dynamite and this literally was a fuse, how many of you know that this is still pretty harmless? It really is. It's, you could, again, throw it on the ground, throw it around. Nothing's going to happen because we know what it needs. What's the fire? That's your faith. That's your faith. That's, yeah, yeah, he needs your faith. What I'm trying to say to you is, you know what? You can have this as a doctrine. Oh, yes, I believe that the Lord is powerful and the fuse is my prayer life. And, 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 and this can just be all up in your head. No, no, I need this to be in your heart. I need this to be in your heart that you honestly believe. You honestly believe. Hey, business owner, aren't you sick and tired of saying the same thing to your staff over and over about culture and looking after customers, but they don't seem to be listening? I've got a funny feeling it's because you're not accessing this, because you're not doing this, because you don't believe this. This is what Jesus said about belief. This is what he said. I love that we can point to him. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask, the fuse, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You will have them. But he needs you to, that's why, listen, that, that's why the Bible says the fervent prayer. You know what fervent means? Hot, fiery. The fiery prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Not the doctrinal prayer. Not the I need to prayer. Not the, oh, well, I better do this prayer. It's the, God, I know you can do it. God, I believe you're the God of the universe. You can change that situation. I believe you can change it. And you throw that dynamite and you walk away. 
and you watch God do something that you cannot do for yourself. Come on, come on, we need to lift up our faith levels. Come, let me put it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. Can you start blowing up some stuff? Start blowing up some stuff. Walk past your children's bedroom and if you, if you walk past it and think, you know what? Instead of just thinking, gee, their room's dirty. When's that kid ever going to get it? Instead of thinking that, why don't you walk past that bedroom and go, thank God I've got a child that actually still lives here. And, and, and right there and then, right there and then, start praying some God prayers. God, I don't want just good kids. I want God kids. I want kids that want to serve you, honour you. I want kids that are going to love you, God, and, and, and close the door and run. <laughs> are you hearing what? Before you go into your staff meeting, just... And throw it in there, close the door, wait, just wait a second and let God do something. Come on, it's time, it's time. Before you employ someone, amen, before you date someone. Yeah. I went to a prayer meeting one day and before I went into that prayer meeting, I was a little bit broken hearted because I was in a relationship and it didn't quite work out the way I thought it was gonna work out. But in my room in Brunswick, I was down there trying to serve God in a youth room and, and I prayed and I said, God, I really want to marry the right girl. I don't want to have what I had before. I want to marry a girl that loves God. She's got to be really hot. <laughs> she needs to be like, you know, like she's got to, it's, got to, it's got to be going on, God, her whole life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and she's, got to, and she's got to love her word and she's got to love my kids and she has to be willing to love a lot of people and, and all that. But God, at some stage, at some stage, God, right? So this is what I was doing. You know, that night I was worship leading. That night, that night, I'm talking a few hours later, I'm worship leading. There's about 40 people in the room. I open up my eyes and there's this girl with little gold glasses, a brown leather jacket, and she's standing right there and she's just closing her eyes and she's just worshiping and God says, there's your wife. Young people, are you, are you doing that? Or is it just about, oh, they're wearing, the, the jeans are so nice. That's my husband. Look at the jeans he's wearing. Really? <laughs> Come on. We need a little bit of this going on. You know, God, God is involved in this stuff. If you're buying a car, if you're booking a flight, do you know when you're choosing a seat? I know this sounds weird, but that's what this is all about. That's what this is all, you know, when I choose a seat, you know, I get to choose a seat, right? And so, I, and so there's all the little, you know, how it works, Pastor Glenn, you've got your, your grey ones and then the red ones, because they're the really expensive people, they're the ones you for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ask Paul, please, they're at the back, mate, right? And so I'm looking, looking, and, and, and this is what I think, and this is how God wants us to think, I believe. Do you know, there are individuals, there are human beings sitting on those other seats. And so whichever seat I choose, could potentially change someone's eternity, right? So just recently, we were going to Bali. Helen, were already, she was on a different flight because we're very important people. We have to go on two separate aeroplanes <laughs> because if that's one plane goes down, you guys are stuffed, right? <laughs> right? So we're like, you know, the first man, uh, what's it, the president and the first lady, you know what I mean? Like, so we're gonna, that's not true, but that's what people think. So she, she went off, she went Qantas, I went Jetstar. That's, that's, the, that's the truth of the matter. So she went first class, I'm at the back, right? But I did, I said, Lord, Lord, I get to choose a seat. Can you let me sit next to someone? Can you let me sit next to someone that, that potentially would be interested in hearing the gospel? I've got five hours with them, God. 
and, and yeah, yeah. So I went like that, right? And I went quick, and I got rid of it, right? So that was the prayer. So I get on the plane, and I'm, I'm sitting next to this uh, Indonesian guy with his girlfriend. I'm sitting right there, and we're having a bit of a chat. Uh, and uh, you know what? He just goes, uh, you know, nice to meet you. And he puts his hoodie over, puts his back to me, and starts snoring his head off. I'm thinking, hey, eh? Are you listening or what? So anyway, I'm there, you know, and, I'm, and, and, and there's no movies, Jetstar, you know, like, mate, they whip you in that place, right? They whip you, they whip you, they whip you. Nothing. Oh, did you want to breathe? That'd be $8, please. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest, right? So, look, oh, oh, did you actually want to sit down? Oh, we didn't know that. Uh, uh, cabin crew, please. So I'm sitting there, right, and I'm like, bored out of my brain. God, I didn't even bring a film because I expected, I expected, to, I'm supposed to be preaching to this guy. What's going on? So I'm, this is real for me. This is how I, I, I need you to live like this. I, I do. I, I need to be more like this. So anyway, I'm sitting there, mate, one hour, two hours, three hours, this guy's, God, we're running out of time now. You know what I mean? Like, it takes a while to get through the gospel. You know what I mean? <laughs> it does. Anyway, he eventually takes his hoodie off, leans over and says, you go for holiday? English wasn't the best. Yeah? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? No, I live, I live there. Oh, okay. Wh- wh- why are you going for holiday? I'm thinking, okay, how do I bring Jesus into holidays, right? <laughs> you know, you always got to, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know what, we, we just love to come here, you know, but, but I do a fair bit of travel otherwise because, you know, we go to Europe a lot. Oh, what do you got? Because we've got a church planting. Ooh, what is this church thing? And off we go. <laughs> right? And off we go. Now, usually as soon as they hear church, this, that, Jesus, they just go, oh, right? He's like, so explain, because I, I am Hindu, and can you explain and all that and all that? And, and off we go. Guys, without a word of a lie, I'm not just trying to make a great story sound even better, but by the end of it, he was closing his eyes. Lord Jesus, I want you to be my saviour, my Lord. It's, it happened. It actually happened. We are Easter buddies. I showed my wife as soon as I got I said, check this guy out. Gave his life to Jesus. Just recently, Pastor Richard, I've got some more questions. He's actually now starting to win some people. Yeah, but, he, but he doesn't know what he's saying. He's got no idea. Jesus is just one of the gods, right? Okay, we're getting there. (laughs) Better than... Come on. God's power is amazing. But he needs a bit of this. And, 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 And he only needs... This is the funny thing about God, right? He only needs a little bit of faith. Like, you only need a little faith. Yeah, yeah. We can kill it, guys. All right, we get it. Isn't it true? I don't need a bonfire to light this thing. No, seriously. Look, even these are oversized. Look, look, look. It's so small. Look, look. Look how small it is. Right? Here we go. Look at that. The Holy Spirit won't let it light. Okay. No, no, watch, watch. I know, I, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Small faith, your prayers, big God, big God, yeah, small faith, needs your prayer, and it can do something you cannot do. 
can't do that. Some of us think you've got to have this extraordinary faith. Like ama- That's not what Jesus said. He said, if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed. So this is what James chapter 5, verse 13 says. Are you, are you getting something? Okay, James chapter 5, verse 13 says this. Yeah, amen. Okay, here it is. Come on, read it out together. One, two, three. Is anyone among you in trouble? Now, he's asking you a question. Is there any area of your life where you've got a little bit of trouble going on? And the answer surely is, yeah, of course there is. He says, let them pray. How simple is that? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Okay, well, that's the time to sing psalms and hymns. But if you're in trouble, pray. If you've got some area of your life where it's not quite working out, pray, he says. Let them pray. This just seems to be the New Testament way to do things. When we needed a building, I actually went and I called up council and I said, we need a building for every Sunday. And they said, we don't do that. We are in an area where we have lots of different faiths. We cannot give any of our council premises to a church every Sunday. It would look very bad and we don't want that type of trouble. That's what they said to me in the year 2002 at Moreland City Council. I was so discouraged because we needed a building. Come on, some of us were there. You were there. And I couldn't find a building, couldn't get one. And so here I am, all discouraged, all discouraged. I'll catch up with a pastor. And this is where things started to change for me. I'll go, you know what? The council said this and the council said that. And, 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 and this is what he says to me, and it changed my life. He goes, it's just such a shame that we serve a God that can't do anything about it. Who needs enemies when you've got friends like? <laughs> he goes, yeah, but he said it with a really straight face. He goes, it's just such a shame that we, we've got a God who just can't do anything. And I went, yeah. <laughs> he goes, come on, Rich, you've got to pray. This is what he was telling me to do. So you know what? I made an appointment. Before I got out of the car, I spent at least half an hour, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't get all my words right, but God saw my heart. I said, God, I need you to do something in that place. So I go in there. I meet a lady. Her name is Jackie. She sits down with me and she says, as we spoke about on the, on the telephone, we can't give you this place every week because... And I said, Jackie, I understand. Can I just tell you what we do? And I started to talk about marriages. I started to talk about children. And as I'm talking to her, tears start streaming See, what I didn't know was she was actually going through a marriage breakup. I said, Jackie, enough's enough. We've got to help our community. And she goes, all right. (laughs) And she gave it to us every Sunday. And that's where a lot of you actually found Jesus for the first time, amen? Come on. Don't make prayer a Sunday thing, church. Don't make it a Sunday thing. Listen, don't even make it an hour a day thing. Don't even do it as some religions do as a five times a day thing. It's not supposed to, it's supposed to be in every moment of every day thing. That's what it's supposed to be. Whatever things come your way, you just light the thing and you throw it and you keep walking. Whatever things, whatever troubles you face, any phone call you get, you stop, you light it up and you throw it and now it's God's problem. You stop, you keep believing, you light it up, you throw it, it's God's problem. You may need to do that 70 times in one day and the next day you don't need to do it at all. But whatever obstacles you face, I'm telling you now, God's power is there, friends. 
You know, the, we all love the story of Silas and Paul when they're in prison. And, and, and what have most of us heard that they did to get out of the prison? What did they do? The Bible says that they were singing. But did you know what it says that they were praying and singing? Did you know that? It says that they were praying and singing. We concentrate on the singing part because it makes for a great sermon about praise. Amen? But the Bible does say they were praying and singing. Amen? This is what Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says. He says... Always be joyful. Is he, and is he joking when, he's, when he says the next thing? What's the next? It says, never stop. Is he serious? Is the Apostle Paul serious? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Never stop. What does he mean by that? It doesn't mean that we're supposed to be on our knees in a bedroom somewhere. What he's saying is your everyday life is when you see something happening out in front of you, at a set of lights, you're supposed to be saying, Holy Spirit, that needs to stop in Jesus' name and start praying. If you see a group of teenagers walking along and they're fighting amongst, that's your turn to pray. Rather than just going, young people these days. No, no, that's your turn to say, Jesus, do something about these people. Help them, God. Allow me to somehow reach them, to touch their lives. That's our opportunity to pray. Amen. I love this from the Apostle Paul. I'd love him to be my pastor. Romans chapter 1, verse 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. What a pastor. Do you know, we have a group of interns. We've got, I don't know, 19, 20 of them. They're, they're amazing young people. Do you know, they've all got mentors. They've all got different staff members that are mentoring them. And some of them have got two. Some of them have got three. Some of them have got one. Do you know what I have made very clear to every one of our mentors? If you're going to have one of these people under you, you need to pray for them by name every single day. And I've got to tell you, they've been doing that and I have been seeing transformation in our interns. That is absolutely humanly impossible. And they are growing in their wisdom and knowledge because we're praying for them. We're praying for them every single day. I've got a whole lot of scriptures here for you guys, but let's just, let's go to Jesus one. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them, this was his point, that they should always pray, not five times a day, always pray and not give up. Jesus is working backwards. He's saying that you ought to pray because God's powerful. He's saying you should always pray, that's your fuse. And then he says, and don't give up. Listen to what he's trying to say. Do you know there's a lot of us, there was a time that we lit the fuse about something. But unlike our little soundbite here, you lit the fuse three years ago and this still hasn't gone off. So do you know what we do? Some of us through our negative, doubt-filled talk, what we do is as the fuse is actually burning, we put it out. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Let me tell you something about dynamite. Does anyone remember those little firecracker things that had the little, little fuse, the tiny little things? What were they called? Yeah, those ones that, and they were on little sticks and you used to light them and they go... <laughs> Remember those things? 
skyrockets. You probably lit up a few too many of those when you were younger, Andrew Shaw. You know, the skyrockets don't have a very long fuse. They don't have a very long fuse because their impact is not very big. So if you're caught off guard and you light it and you're still standing there, it's not going to really hurt you. Do you know what I've noticed? When they've got TNT inside a building and there's tons and tons of this, the fuse is very, very, very long because they don't want you anywhere near that thing. Listen, if you've been waiting a long time for God to do something, you know what that tells me? When that finally goes off, there's going to be an explosion that is so big that you cannot contain it. Some of us have been waiting for some contracts to happen and you're waiting and God says, you just hold on, but don't put the thing out. Come on, some of you have been praying prayers about your relationship and it's like, God, but I've been praying about it for three. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, do you think he's deaf? Do you think he doesn't love you as much? No, 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 no. He's heard you. I'm just wondering, have you maybe put the thing out? He needs your faith. Jesus said, keep believing and you keep receiving. He doesn't say when though. Did you notice he doesn't say when? And it will happen by six o'clock tomorrow night. Did, did you, no, if we got that scripture back up again, you will see he doesn't put a time frame on it. He just says, keep believing, you'll receive. So single people, some of you have prayed a prayer. And it seems like it's burning and burning. And then you start speaking things like, I'm never going to find anybody. Yeah, that's called doubt. And when the archangel Gabriel came to Zechariah and he said, Zechariah, you're going to have a little baby. But how? How? How am I going to? I'm so old. The angel went, oh, wow. If you keep talking like that, you're going to put the fuse out. So what did the angel do to him? Made him mute. <laughs> he made him mute so that he stopped speaking. Doubt. In other words, so that he didn't put the fuse out. Here's my question. What have you put the fuse out? What prayer have you prayed that you're, if you were honest, you're like, oh, yeah, God, I know you're powerful and stuff, but today we're going to relight the fuse. Can we relight the fuse today? Relight the fuse for your hopes, your dreams, the things that you believe God's called you to. For some of you, it's for your children. For some of you, it's about your finances. Some, seriously, some people have just given up. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be a person who can be generous. And so you put the fuse out. And so that's, that's your life now. And God says, really? Really? I've got lots of power waiting for you. So can, can we be honest enough today to say, you know, for me, it was about this building. Some of you have heard my story. It's such a terrible, I'm such a terrible pastor for you. I'm supposed to be this faith-filled guy. We had all this money. We sold our block of land. We could not find a building. Come on, some of you went on the journey with me. I'm happy to admit it because what I'm trying to say is I'm just like you. And I got so discouraged because I prayed for a building that was awesome, that was in a nice street, industrial, so that we're not harassing homes, next to some food eateries. This is, <laughs> what we've got today is exactly what I prayed for. But watch, I couldn't find it. I really felt that God had forgotten us. And so we had all this money in the bank. And I always believed that God wanted us to buy our first building. We might not buy everything, but he, I believe that he wanted us to buy our first building. Hopefully we can continue to buy everything, right? But listen, I 
I prayed, I prayed, and then I went. So you know what? I started looking for a rental and I found one. It's funny how the devil will let you find the alternative. Yeah, he'll let you find the alternative. And so I found one. And I even got my team excited about it like a real devil that I am. Yeah, I even convinced my team it's a good idea. Let's go, guys. Because they love me. They trust me. I said, you know what? It's not the dream, but yeah, let's, it's probably our next step maybe. You know, the owner of that building, he wanted a certain amount of money. We offered him that money. He said, no, you can't have it. What? What owner do you know that puts something up for rental, you give him what he wants, and then he says, no, I don't want you there. So then I went, okay. So then we offered him $20,000 more than what he wanted in rent. I'm thinking, well, that's what we've got to do. Comes back to me again. No. 40000 more. No. $60,000 more we were willing to pay him. And he still said no. At that point... <clears throat> Your very clever pastor went, it feels like God himself is blocking us. It's like God is saying, are you kidding me? Who says no to money like that? Well, guess what? He ends up leasing it to another person for $60,000 less. Okay, that's a clear sign. The next week, I find an ad and this building comes online. If we had signed that contract, we could have never bought this place. You know, sometimes God is saving you from yourself. <laughs> He's saving you. But I prayed. I prayed about that guy. And God says, yeah, aren't you glad that it didn't quite work out? But I prayed about that. Come on, be honest. But God, I really wanted that business. Which business? The one that just went broke the week after that the other person bought it? Can you trust God? That maybe He's got it? Amen. So come on, let's get to our feet. My message is twofold, guys. My message is twofold. We've got to believe in this. We already believe God is powerful. Do you believe prayer connects you to the power? So here's, here's the question for you. At what point do you want to get the revelation? Do you want to finally get it when you're 83? Or do you want to get it today and get some stuff done for you, your family, for the kingdom of God, for your church, for your life group, for the people around you, for the friends that desperately need Jesus, for the people down your street? When, when are we going to get the revelation? I know for many of us, we've got it, but, but you know what? It's... It's just few and far between. And then, and then if we are gonna do this, we only need a little bit of this. And for some of us, Pastor Rich, you've got me on that, but yeah, you're right. I'm gonna relight some stuff. Hey, listen, let's go blow up some stuff. Hey, let's go, let's go blow up some life groups with the presence of God. Let's blow up our church with the presence of God. Blow up your relationship. Blow up your kids. Blow up everybody. Be careful how, they, how this comes across on the podcast. Because it sounds a little bit like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Come on, our kids need a touch of God. Pray for it. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. 
Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.